Hello, and welcome to the Accountability Coach Podcast, where we discuss proven business success principles related to helping you make more money and work less so you can enjoy having your ideal business and your ideal life. This is Ann Backrack. Today we have a special guest with us who has taken her hard-earned knowledge and wisdom in integrating it into business and in life to help you with a shortcut to your even greater success. Lori Seitz is the founder and CEO of ZenRabbit and the host of the podcast, Fine is a Four-Letter Word. An award-winning author, speaker, Lori is on a mission to teach the world to be calm and grounded no matter what's going on. As a nationally recognized gratitude and meditation expert, Lori guides entrepreneurs and business leaders from stressed and chaotic to peaceful and focused and shows you how to live a sabbatical life. As a result, your sales increase, your relationships strengthen, and your overall health improves. Welcome, Lori. We really appreciate you joining us. My pleasure to be here. Well, as you probably know, I like to get right into the meat of things because I'm really excited, actually, to learn what you have to share with us today. We all know that being grateful is important. So how does regularly practicing gratitude positively impact our business results? Yeah, gratitude, when you are in a state of gratitude, you are operating at the highest energetic vibration. And this is, there's science and research behind this. So, you know, everything is made of energy. When you're operating from this place of gratitude, everything is amplified. And so you are, this can sound maybe a little crazy, but again, science and research, you are magnetizing opportunities, coincidences, synchronicities to happen. Now, from uh, backing down a little bit on uh, like bringing it maybe into more of a um, clearer focus, what happens when you are in a state of gratitude is you can be more creative, you're more focused, you have a, a greater ability to feel empathy towards others. So your relationships, your business relationships are better. So many fantastic conditions come about when you're in a state of gratitude that support your business. That is great. I mean, there's always got to be the benefits of why am I doing this? I mean, uh -huh. you know, how well, does it really affect us as a business as we want to grow? And that certainly explains it. Just at a human level, when you are living in a state of gratitude, you're happier. I mean, <laughs> who doesn't want this? Exactly. And along those lines, is it true that you can use gratitude then to help us differentiate our business? And if so, what would that look like and how would we do that? Absolutely. When I started my first business, which was Zen Rabbit Baking Company, I was making and marketing a product called the Gratitude Cookie. And I was using it as a, a tool, creating it as a tool for businesses to say thank you to their clients and their referral sources. And it is absolutely a differentiating factor because think about how many vendors or suppliers do you work with who regularly say thank you to you for your business? They may be doing a great job of providing what you've contracted them to provide, but going above and beyond that and letting people know that you appreciate them and that you value their business, that's a differentiating factor. Absolutely. 
And when we do that, it also increases the level of awareness people have about our business. Therefore, wouldn't that also help with them referring us? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when they feel good about working with you, they will absolutely they'll they'll send you more business and they'll refer you more business. That's great. So let's talk about the relationship then between gratitude and actually manifesting our goals. How would we really make that work? Again, when you're in a state of gratitude, and so a lot of people talk about paying attention to gratitude, to writing down the three things that you are grateful for today in your journal. And that's it's a good practice to get into, except a lot of times people just end up doing it as another chore on their to-do list. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm grateful for my family, uh, my house and my job. And <laughs> every day it's the same thing. They're not actually feeling the gratitude for those things. And it's that feeling place that I mentioned earlier that amplifies and magnetizes the things that you'd like to have come to you. So when you're in this state of gratitude and you're feeling the gratitude, and let me stop here for a second and say, what does gratitude feel like? Because I get asked that a lot. Gratitude feels like joy. Can you remember the last time you were in a in experience or situation, you just were feeling absolute pure joy. That sounds great. I mean, yeah, don't we all want to be joyful? <laughs> you would think. <laughs> so that's what gratitude feels like. It feels like joy. Like if you can get yourself into remembering this time when you were in a joyful place and bring that feeling into the feeling that you would have if you had what you are manifesting. Does that make sense? Let me say it a different way. It's a lot easier for people to feel gratitude for things that have already happened, for things they already have. It's a little bit more difficult for people to feel gratitude for things they haven't yet manifested. However, when you can get to that place of feeling gratitude for this goal that you're working towards, as if it has already happened, that makes it happen faster. Okay, I like that. So, for example, I always tell my clients, you know, when you're working with people, expect a positive outcome, expect to get what you want. Mm -hmm. And when you expect that, at least it gives you a higher probability that you'll get it. Will you get it all the time? No. But we go in expecting it. So what you're saying is basically the same thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Expect it and feel this knowing inside of you as if it has already happened, because in a universal sense, in, in some segment of the universe, it has already happened. It is on its way to you. It's already happened. I love this. OK, this is so cool. So let's say let's say that you're not and I don't know if this is actually true or if this is actually anybody, but let's say that you're not naturally a grateful person. Mm -hmm. Is there a way that we can condition ourselves to become more grateful, therefore getting the benefits of that? A hundred percent. And I think a lot of people I actually believe People, humans are probably, I don't know, and I don't know any research or science on this, but born grateful, but it gets conditioned out of us because our society teaches us to look for 
things to complain and criticize about. And so when we're doing that, that's what shows up in our life. If you've ever noticed, the more somebody complains and criticizes, the more stuff to complain and criticize about shows up for them. And it works the opposite way, too. So the more you find things to be grateful for, the more things to be grateful for show up in your life. And so this comes down to rewiring your brain, rewiring your beliefs about life, going back to your expecting good outcomes, the more you expect that, the more they show up. And like you said, not not necessarily 100% of the time, but more likely they show up. So it's a matter of rewiring your brain. How do you do that? That sounds really complicated, right? (laughs) So you have to train yourself to look for things to be grateful for. A couple ways to do that. One, I love talking about this exercise called the but I'm grateful for exercise. So because we're human and we will find ourselves in situations where we're complaining or we're criticizing, catch yourself next time. Catch yourself and say, but, but I'm grateful for and continually catch yourself in those situations and add on that gratitude. But I'm grateful for but I'm grateful for. And you will now be training yourself to look for gratitude, even in situations that didn't seem like there's much gratitude to be had there. That's brilliant, actually. I think that's really Mm -hmm. brilliant. So as we're complaining or, you know, not being very positive, put a sign up for yourself that says, but I'm grateful for blank, blank, blank and really condition ourselves to leverage this exercise to help change. I think you used rewire mm-hmm. our brain so that we start feeling that way more often, being that way more often, therefore getting the outcomes that we're looking for. Absolutely. And again, it just feels better to live this way. Yeah, it sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and- don't- Go ahead. Don't you hear a lot of people, I mean, talking about, you know, they're just whining constantly. Yeah. And I think what a sad way to live is constantly be complaining or whining about things that aren't going well instead of just focusing on the few. Maybe they're few focusing on the few positive things or focusing on those things and trying to manifest those more in our life. Yeah. And you bring up a good point. I was going to say, even when everything seems really bleak. There is absolutely something you can be grateful for. We live in a society that has never had more comforts in history. So can you be grateful for you have a comfortable bed to sleep in? You have a hot cup of tea to drink this morning. Whatever it is can be, you know, I have feet to stand on. Wherever you can find a shred of gratitude, if that's where you are, Go there, go, like find that at least. Yeah, I love that because it is for us a lot of times we take so many things for granted. Mm-hmm. We take the fact that we've got all of our fingers and toes. Not everybody does, but if we do, we're grateful for that. Mm-hmm. I can see, you know, out of my eyes, I'm not blind. That's huge benefit and something to be grateful for. I can smell smells. I can smell the smell of a flower or the smell of food or whatever it might be. Because, again, a lot of people don't have all these things. Yeah. And so recognizing 
stopping, recognizing, acknowledging, this all helps you to rewire your brain to be more open to seeing and feeling gratitude. And yes, I was going to be say, more joyful, as you talked about, yeah, <laughs> you know, really being absolutely. more joyful. <laughs> absolutely. I was going to ask you the question when we were talking about the but I'm grateful for exercise. Have you ever heard not to use the word but? Yes. Why? Using the word but negates whatever you had previously said or written. Exactly. And so I just wanted to sh point out this is exactly why we are using it in this way. We're negating Excellent. the first part of the complaint criticism part of the sentence here and focusing on the gratitude part. Oh, that's a good point because I hadn't really thought of that before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So now let's talk about the power of visualization. What do you see as the benefits of applying visualization to helping us be even more successful? A couple of ways that visualization works. One, it helps you clarify your where you're going or where you'd like to go. So when you can see it, I mean, we people who have vision tend to be I mean, that's how our brains think in pictures or our brains capture things in pictures. And so when you're visualizing something, you're reinforcing this message to your brain and the reticular activating system. Is that what it's called? <laughs> Where you are um, creating a picture for yourself. It's like a GPS, setting a GPS in your car for your brain. And so you're visualizing this thing and then layer on top of that again, the feeling of what it's going to feel like to have it. And now you have amplified that GPS system. So even when you're not sitting or walking in meditation, whatever you're doing, as you're visualizing, like when you're going about your regular day, doing all your tasks and things, your mind is looking, still actively looking for ways to make that happen, to bring situations and people and resources into your sphere to help support your goals. So I think what we're trying to accomplish here, and correct me if I'm wrong, is we're really focused in visualizing what we want to have happen. We're not focused and we're not visualizing on things we don't want to have happen, which I think a lot of people do. They conjure up all these imaginary pictures and visions of what could happen instead of focusing on what could happen in a positive way as opposed to a negative way. Am I on the right track there? Yeah, absolutely. So what do we call that when people are visualizing negative outcomes? Do you know? I'm thinking of something specific. I don't know if you're picking up what I'm thinking. I'm not picking up. So tell me. Worrying. Worrying is visualizing negative outcomes. And we're all as humans really good at doing that. It's interesting that we're so much better at doing that than visualizing the positive outcomes. Yet, the universe is con conspires for our highest good. So the universe, God, higher power, whatever you want to call it, the, the odds are stacked in our favor for a favorable outcome. And yet we tend to focus much more on the negative outcome. And I think that's related to, you know, evolutionarily when we needed to be aware of you know, saber toothed tigers trying to eat us, that we would be hyper aware of negative outcomes. So, again, it comes back to 
how do I rewire my brain to focus more on the positive outcomes, which, like I said, have a higher probability of turning out if we <laughs> focus on them. So why do you think that more people really don't take the time to visualize what they want more often? And how long does it really take anyway? It doesn't take very long. You can t- spend three minutes a day. I mean, when you wake up in the morning before you get out of bed, can you spend three minutes focused on your breathing? Because we tend to not breathe. I mean, we all are breathing because we're still alive, but we're not <laughs> doing it super efficiently where we're, we were very, tend to be very shallow breathers. And so if you can focus on breathing really deeply into your lungs and all the way down to your abdomen for three minutes, as you're doing this, you could also be focusing on what is the intention for the day. How would you like to see your day go? You don't have to have a specific focus of like, I'm going to accomplish these 10 things, but just how in general, again, how would you like your day to feel? How would you like to feel as you move through your day and visualizing that? And that sets the intention for your day in what most people do is they open their eyes and they pick up their phone and they start (laughs) scrolling social and they're checking their email and they they're immediately their mind is like, oh, my God, I got to do this. And then I got to do this. And I got to remember, oh, I got to remember to stop and do that. And then that's not the best way to start your day. You're immediately throwing yourself into stress. So take a few minutes, three at the least. But I know plenty of people, business leaders and successful people who are taking 30 to 60 to 90 minutes in the beginning of their day to set their intention, to read, to put themselves in a positive mindset, mind space, I like that word better, mind space, to start their day instead of starting in a chaos and frenzy. Yeah, I actually interviewed a billionaire not too long ago, and he talked about that's how he starts his day. It's not like I'm pulling out my phone, my tablet, you know, working. I'm just really visualizing and even being grateful. Mm Mm-hmm first thing in the morning for how he's really setting his intentions for the day to have a great day. And he really focuses. And you're right. He talked about spending quite a bit of time just focused on that with his breathing as well to get the outcomes that he gets every day. And I've talked to a lot of successful people, as you have, that say the same thing. So I'm guessing your recommendation to us then would be when you wake up, don't immediately pull out your phone really start to do some deep breathing and really take the time to visualize your intentions for the day. Yes. Get, get quiet. Obviously you're quiet, but this is the best. This is one of the best times of the day to do this because mm-hmm. you, that in between awake and asleep state, which you're kind of in right when you wake up is called alpha brainwaves. And that is where your mind is very programmable. It's then and as you're falling asleep, which is again, when you're falling asleep, it's best to not be looking at your phone right before you fall asleep, not watching the news, not falling asleep to the news with the news on while it's still playing. All that's going into your brain and it's in that alpha place where your brain is actually most susceptible to being rewired is in that space. So whatever you're listening to first thing when you are paying attention to, whether it's listening or taking it in visually, first thing in the morning, last thing at night, 
that's what you're programming into your mind. And to answer your question from before, I think a lot of people just don't know what we're talking about right now. So they don't know to do it. So I guess if we don't know, how do we know what we don't know? Well, we're listening to podcasts like this and exactly. we're, we're talking to, um, you know, talking to friends, talking to colleagues and, and introducing them to tools and resources where this information is being disseminated. And it is getting more more and more people are talking about visualization and meditation and gratitude and the effects of getting yourself into positive emotions. And so. While we're talking about this, this is not to say that if you are feeling anger or frustration or resentment or something like that, that you should stuff it down and just put on a happy face and pretend nothing's wrong. I encourage everybody to feel all of the emotions because that's part of being human and part of being healthy. And at the same time, then where can you find the gratitude or where can you refocus to a more positive outcome? switch gears just a little bit, not totally here. We've all heard that meditation is effective and beneficial in so many ways. So what do you think the reason is that more people aren't practicing and practicing it more often and even more consistently? Two reasons. And I was I for I learned how to meditate when I was 10 years old. My mom took my brother and me to a meditation course that's now known as the Silva Method. So I've had this foundation and background for most of my life. And yet I did not use it for most of my life. And it's because I mean, a myriad of reasons, but I don't have time. I'm not good at at meditation. These are the top two reasons why I hear that people don't do it. So because puppy mind. What I call puppy mind is all of these thoughts are racing through your head and you can't sit like people have this idea that meditation is sitting cross legged on a mat for hours at a time in complete silence with no thoughts running through their head. And since that's virtually impossible for almost anyone to do, they think they're not good at it. (laughs) So, again, going back to can you breathe for three minutes, focus on your breathing. That's a form of meditation. Can you find three, five, ten minutes and listen to a guided meditation or something with music behind it, some kind of healing frequency music? One thing I recommend for people who say I'm not good at sitting still is to put on your favorite music, your favorite like upbeat hype song and dance for the three and a half minutes or however long the song is and then sit and see if you've now gotten out some of that energy and can sit for a few minutes or go for a walk in nature. And again, if you have to take your phone, take it, but don't listen to it. Just put it away, put it on silent and walk and pay attention to what's going on in nature. So the the being able to clear the thoughts in your head is actually not required for meditation. The more you practice it, the better you will get at being able to hold those thoughts off for longer periods of time, but it's not It's always going to be a part of it. And then the other thing about the time is it's really, you know, it's an investment. It's like when people say I can't afford to hire somebody or I can't afford to get training I need. It's an investment. So if meditation, not if what meditation does help your focus, your productivity, your release helps your body release more of the feel good 
chemicals, serotonin, dopamine, oxytocin, help it reduces the cortisol that's running through your body, which is the stress hormone. All of these things, when you are able to do that, what you're doing is you're actually buying time. So let's say you spend 10 minutes every day in meditation, and that helps you make better decisions because now you're responding instead of reacting and you have better relationships with your clients and your coworkers because you are more compassionate and you don't jump out of your skin every time something doesn't go exactly how you had expected it to. So your relationships are better. All of these things give you more time. So 10 minutes in the morning may save you an hour later in your day. That is so true. And I had never thought of it that way before. Mm -hmm. That's super powerful what you just said. Yeah. So making that investment in 10 minutes could save us hours of anxiety or, you know, just being, you know, wasting so much time because we have stressful situations we're dealing with. In other words, it helps us really reduce all that anxiety so we can be better performers it really helps us regulate our emotions, which helps with our decision making, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, there's a ripple yeah. effect. That. Yeah, absolutely. And I will point out that none of this that we're talking about today is going to change your outer circumstances. I mean, it, it will to a degree, but there will still be chaos in your world because that's, again, part of being human. But what it's changing is you and how you respond to it. And that in itself changes the circumstance. Yeah, that is so true. And I think you've got some kind of gratitude meditation. Yeah, I have a six minute. Yeah, six minute. Well, I create customized gratitude meditations for clients, which takes their experiences and and, um, what their past experiences and then also what they're manifesting and puts them into a meditation to magnetize that. But I also have. Uh, a six minute gratitude meditation that is a really powerful, again, gets people into that feeling of gratitude. And I'm happy to share that with listeners. I, you can put a link in the show notes or it's available at my website at zenrabbit.com slash gratitude dash meditation. Awesome. And we could just leverage that simply to help us get mm-hmm. going. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, six minutes. Come on. It's six minutes. It's not very That's long. A six minute investment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. We, get a free, we get a free gratitude meditation and that's our investment in our time to give back the hour. <laughs> right. And seriously. Yeah. I mean, and it could be more than an hour you get back. You don't. I, who knows? Oh, for sure. We're just I was just using that as an example. Yeah, but yeah. Absolutely. Any yeah. other parting thoughts that you think are important for us to know, whether it's about gratitude, visualization, or meditation? All three of these, again, I just want to reiterate that it it decreases anxiety, which means it builds resilience, and resilience is a big buzzword these days. Everybody wants to build resilience. Um, These, What we've been talking about helps do that, helps you act in the present moment and just, again, feel more relaxed and happier. Because when you talk to people overall, what do, what, do you, what do they want? They want to be happy. I just want to be happy. And these three things that we've talked about today contribute immensely to overall happiness. And just being happy helps us have better health. 
better yes. everything really in our life. Everything. I mean, health, your business is, if your health is good, your business is going to be better. So being happy and joyful really contributes to so many aspects of our life, personal and business. Yes. And it's not as difficult to attain as a lot of people think it is. <laughs> I would agree. I totally agree. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your very valuable time. And I took great notes here and I really appreciate your insight and wisdom and you sharing it with us today. My pleasure to be here, Anne. And remember, download Lori's free six minute gratitude meditation by going to zenrabbit.com forward slash gratitude hyphen meditation. Well, my hope for our time together with Lori is that you got value and an idea or two that will help you be even more successful professionally and personally. Feel free to share my podcast with others as it can be found on most podcast platforms and in most English speaking countries. And if you'd like to get a short daily fix from me, subscribe to the Accountability Minute, which can also be found on most podcast platforms and in most English speaking countries and, of course, at accountabilitycoach.com. And to download my complimentary gratitude journal exercise, go to accountabilitycoach.com forward slash gratitude. And I really hope you get value and insight from using this gratitude journal exercise. And to download my complimentary thought-provoking power of visualization, creating and enjoying your ideal business and your ideal life guidebook with exercises, go to accountabilitycoach.com forward slash visualization. Visualize what you want and be on the path to having it. Woohoo! Won't that be great? Want more from me? Subscribe to my proven business success resources and tips blog by going to accountabilitycoach.com forward slash blog. And always remember to aim for what you want each and every single day. Until next time, make it a great day today and every day. I appreciate you listening.